Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week, we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Chud 2. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Hey, I saw that video of Trump talking about injecting oh. people with disinfectants. Yeah. Oh, my I just, God. I just that watched that. Oh, it it popped up and I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is one of those bullshit things where they're like taking it out of context and and phrasing it in a way just to make him look bad. And I watched that whole video. I was like, son of a bitch. He really did say something. They do his microphone and go, oh, those are very good points. We should look into that more. And and that's all he had to do. And he assumes that that's the same way you treat the virus when it's in a person. But you would, I assume you treat them differently until somebody tells me that I'm wrong. Like I really, I was, I'm going to be honest while I was watching that video, I thought for a second, he was going to suggest putting people that are sick with the virus in tanning beds. I thought he was going toward that direction for a he, second. I was like, he, oh, he no. ostensibly did. Like he basically did say that, right? Like he didn't use the term. He, tanning beds. He's shining, he's shining bright lights on them. I mean, which I suppose is a thing you could do. I guess you could strap a Billy Rubin light onto them like they're a jaundiced infant. Yeah, like because I don't. I guess I don't. I don't know that much about how viruses work, but if they're not if they're in your lungs, you don't just have to clear out your lungs. It's gonna it gets into like your bloodstream, right? And all that stuff. It depends. How it, depends. it depends on the virus. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just inject yourself I, with bleach I, and you'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. So I have a friend who lives uh, like he doesn't live in New York City. He lives out in New York State. And uh, he just about died the other day. So that was fun. Good Patrick from New York who lives in Manhattan has had like six friends die because of COVID. So. Right. It's a fucking It's a fucking nightmare. My friend, he he survived. They said better, but the amount of stress that it put on his body, he probably has permanent uh, heart and lung damage that he's going to have the rest of his life. Yeah, just inject bleach; it'll be fine. Damn. It's uh, and then I had a bunch of uh, there's like a group of girls at work that are real conservative, and they were over there on their bullshit. If I, I like, I normally just don't say anything, and I walked over there, and I was like, "Can you guys just not?" And I was like, "I seriously have a friend in the hospital right now with this, and you guys talking about how it's not real drives me fucking insane. I need you to just stop." <laughs> like, 
not an unreasonable request on your end. Right. And their response was, oh, in Illinois. And I was like, no, he doesn't live in Illinois. And they're like, oh, see, well, <laughs> it was like, oh, God, fucking damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. They just don't get it. I just don't get how people can be so fucking self-centered that unless it's somebody they know, they don't care. Yeah, I saw somebody who shared something today. It was like a plea from like a small business thing. And I mean, you know, yeah, it's rough. Like, there's no denying that. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, yeah, but people will die. And so someone commented on it that, uh, because I don't know if you heard, Doug, but Illinois here... We just got pushed to extend our stay-at-home order till May 30th, so. Um, okay. And they were talking about how our governor... Looks like we're, get, we're getting the same thing here, so. Yeah. Our governor was being a dictator and stripping people's rights away from them. And it's like, oh. it was on somebody that I is sort of somewhat related to through marriage, and they weren't posting it. It was somebody commenting on theirs, and I'm like, just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling. Like, it's not worth telling them they're an idiot and causing undue problems. Just keep strolling. Uh, I'll tell you the bonkers thing is. So him extending it, I was like, okay, yeah, it should be extended. And then he was like, and we're amending it to change around which businesses, you know, were essential to, to better fit what's actually going on. I was like, okay, that all makes sense. And, you know, they were like, we're going to let plant nurseries and stuff open up. And I was like, you know what, that actually, I'll, I'll get with that because people are at home and those are things that they could be doing at home. So that's probably actually a good thing. Yeah. And, and then it was like, oh yeah. The, right, right. Yeah. And but, but then it's like, oh yeah, and people can go golfing now. And it's like, wait, golfing? And and you do a little bit of research and it turns out that the uh, the billionaire owners of all these country clubs were throwing a piss fit that uh, they were losing money because these rich a-holes weren't coming to their golf clubs on the weekends. So they added them and golfing's now essential. Yeah, so. it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, my favorite thing is the meme that's going around that says, uh, I take back all my criticisms of the Jurassic Park series because the millionaires and billionaires certainly would continue to open parks even though millions of people were dying. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, almost certainly. <laughs> they, we just changed their marketing strategy. Is it the same one where they claim that Jurassic Park has been opened five times and I have to keep correcting everybody and saying, no, it's actually only been opened twice? No. No. It doesn't make specific references to them. Yeah, there's something like. Somebody said sure something about variations like, of it. Yeah. Something, something. Just remember they opened up Jurassic Park five times when people were getting eaten. And I have to be like, no, they only opened it up twice. People aren't paying attention. Well, they only opened, quote, fingers, the park twice. Yeah, However, they restarted operations there four times, right? No. And then the fifth the fifth it's time fair. is the one where they just went there for some f- fucking reason. No. No, didn't they only go there? Because, okay, so the first one, they obviously hadn't even opened the park yet. Yeah. Right? So then yeah. the second one. Oh, they well, had, it's that just, doesn't count. So then maybe they only opened the park once. 
Yeah, because in the second and third one, it's both just like bad coincidences that land them on the islands, right? Well, Jeff Goldblum specifically goes back for something. I don't remember what exactly. But it's not dope in the park, right? No. Third it's one's, like, isn't it? Third one, Sam Neill is tricked into going because someone lost their daughter on one of the standby islands. Right. So then the park is right, open. But doesn't, but doesn't that Jurassic also World. turn out to be a conspiracy of them trying to restart some of the scientific investigation into these fucking dinosaurs and stuff? I think so. Oh, yeah. again. Because even in, in part two, there's definitely like Vince Vaughn is there trying to like catch dinosaurs to sell or take back to the mainland or something. I can't remember what, why they were catching them. Yeah, but they weren't opening the park. This one specifically says, yeah, they, no, I'm looking at it right now for everyone saying no. America won't reopen. Remember Jurassic park reopened five times after people were eaten alive. Five. No, that wording yeah. doesn't even make sense. Cause it wasn't reopened five times. God damn it. it it was. It's never been reopened, if we want to be technical, because it's only opened yeah. once. And it wasn't even called Jurassic Park. It was called Jurassic World when it reopened. Yeah. So fuck this meme. It doesn't even make any goddamn sense. I'm, that meme is really broken. So Jurassic Park never technically opened. They were just doing their trial run, and then Jurassic World opened, but it was sure. not reopened because it only opened once. And then the and dinosaurs were going to... Kids- <laughs> of course. I'm not sure if it's a criticism of him to be called a dinosaur at his age or not, but uh, and then yeah, the dinosaurs were going to die in a volcano explosion, so they went back to get him. Yeah, this this meme does not hold any water whatsoever. Fuck this meme. Fuck yeah, this fake theme park. Yeah, yeah. fuck. <laughs> Fuck them, yeah. <sighs> Please don't inject people with disinfection. <laughs> Clorox. That's the real, that's Just the real inject the right part people of this. Disinfectant. I was Clorox here recently. That's help. the most important thing we're really talking about. Everyone at home, I don't think we have any listeners that, you know, would be so dumb as to inject disinfectant into their bodies. But <laughs> if you are that dumb... Um, sign over all your power of attorney to somebody less dumb because you are a danger to yourself. You obviously do not inject disinfectant. You just eat the bleach wipes. And you'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, the, the trick, you get a one long bleach wipe, like kelp tape, yeah. and slowly over the course of three days, you swallow oh. it. And then... Pull it out of your ass for the next three days. Yeah, it's like it cleans. It's like flossing. It just cleans you right up. Right, you've solved the problem, everybody. So that was sad. So I only watched one of the movies this week. <laughs> well, you got to watch spider movies because because one of them uh, is extremely difficult to get a hold of for some fucking reason, it is. which is weird. Because when I watched it, the Paramount logo showed up in front of it. I'm like, this is a fucking Paramount movie? Shouldn't be that hard to find. Well, right. And the most fucked up thing is, is whenever I went looking for it, I think I found every other Tex Chainsaw movie, remakes and all, and all of the weird sequels and the original and all of them, all streaming, all these places. Yeah. 
But for some reason, the only two places you can get fucking two is off iTunes, which I will not do. And from right now, it's showing on like stars and a bunch of shit for some reason. But I don't have cable, so I don't have access to any of that shit. Watch it on Showtime. I rented it from my local library. Man, I want Hoopla so bad. There's a you should look into it. There's another one, right? There's another a similar thing to Hoopla. That, uh, is it Canopy? In areas where Hoopla is not. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll look into it. Canopy, I believe, I'm, I'm is really, also a brand. I'm really mad place. that we aren't a Hoopla place for some reason. Yeah, I watched it on Showtime. Anyways, that's only because I'm I was too lazy to get up and go get my. I think two physical copies that I own of it, one on DVD and one on Blu-ray. <laughs> well, it sounds like you just volunteered to do a plot description, Brian. I was going to say, I know at one point I owned it on VHS. Yeah, I probably owned it there, too. Um, okay, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 takes place 13 years after the original. Um, I guess we sort of find out that... Uh, uh, what, was, what was her character's name? It was Marion Chambers was the actress. Sally? After Sally's yeah. escape from the Sawyer family compound, that uh, the police went back to look and found nothing. So John Larroquette's uh, little narration in the beginning of the original was a total fucking lie. Son of a bitch. Uh, <clears throat> so this one deals with the Sawyer family sort of on a road trip a little bit because um, they're going to some chili cook-off bullshit nonsense um while they're out they decide uh these two uh dude bro wannabe frat guys decide to be assholes and shoot signs and just call up and harass a local radio jockey uh they decide fuck those guys let's kill them so they kill them but it turns out it's live over the radio so now they're kind of fucked so they come back to the radio to try to get the recording of it. And it's a uh, chop top played by Bill Mosley and Leatherface, of course. Um, shit goes crazy. Uh, they end up taking the engineer guy that works there. Stretch, who's the awesome radio DJ, follows them. Turns out there's also a guy who they call him Lieutenant. So I'm assuming he's some sort of police detective um is also on their trail it's not really not really clear why they call him lieutenant yeah um he's they also on their, explain that in the movie he's also on their tail turns out he is sally and franklin's the kid in the wheelchair who deserved to die uh uncle so he's <laughs> looking for vengeance meanwhile stops at a hardware store and stocks up on all kinds of chainsaws and then uh it all culminates at this weird, like, Alamo-esque theme park um, where Lefty, played by Dennis Hopper, just starts tearing the entire place up. And meanwhile, uh, Stretch is trying to figure out how to escape from this weird compound and having to take on various members of the Sawyer family. Again? Yeah. That's makes about as much sense happened. as the movie does. Yeah. So Doug, that makes sense, I think. Oh, it does. But it's just, okay, number one, Lefty's played by Dennis Hopper. 
So he just goes fucking crazy, as you would expect. Yeah, he goes full Dennis Hopper on this. He's like the Nick Cage of his era. It's true. This movie, I feel... I was going to say, going with the... I I was going to say, going with our theme of the week, like, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is such a fucking... uh, You you know, it's a great, tense horror movie, but it's so fucking low-key for the most part. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of over-the-top in it other than the fact that, you know, there's a dude with skin on his face swinging a chainsaw, (laughs) which is intense, but they don't... They don't play that to a huge effect. And then you hit the sequel, number two. Fuck this. It's bonkers. Like, the whole fucking movie's just balls to the wall. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's pretty insane. And, Doug, this was a first-time watch for you. Is that right? It, yeah, yeah. I've seen the opening kill a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the first time I've sat and watched the whole movie. So what did you think? So, like, I think I said last week that normally I've, every time I've tried to watch, I've recently seen the original, which I think is an absolute, like, one of the best movies ever made. So every time I've tried to watch this, I was always caught off guard by the tonal shift. So this time I made, like, a conscious decision not to watch the original, and I haven't seen it in probably a year. Um, And now I finally get it. Because this movie is a sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the same way that Return of the Living Dead is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, mm. where it's it's not really it's not really a sequel to the original. It's a comedy film set in a universe where the events of the original did in fact take place. <laughs> if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like this is not that, and that's why when you like, obviously, what they say at the beginning of this movie, which is that the first movie took place, but they couldn't find the results. It's obviously bullshit because they're like it says it specifically says they looked for thirty days for the some evidence of these crimes. And it's like she ran out the driveway and got picked up at the end of the driveway. <laughs> like you don't search for thirty days to get from the road to the house at the end of the driveway, no matter how bad your police department is. So there's obviously like been some something has happened in the past, and uh, it's. It, story has been mixed up and that's why the characters aren't quite the same characters as they were in the original and that's why everything is a little different so on that level I have to say I enjoyed this film it is just a, a funny gross 80s horror comedy which I can get behind quite often you've been in my skull plate you asshole yeah and then you yeah and then we're gonna end up going back and forth to the discussion of how great Bill Mosley is in this film because he's yeah. definitely the highlight and he's, sure. he's fantastic even though he's I don't know even <laughs> I, though I don't know where his character came from because he's not a, he's not a character from the original I think well, I think that Chop Top is supposed to be the hitchhiker he's not I don't think so he's not but I read a bunch of stuff about this movie and noticed a lot of stuff that I never picked up on before Apparently, him and the hitchhiker are twin brothers. <laughs> okay. And that weird dead body they keep carrying around the entire movie is the body of the hitchhiker. Oh. Okay. Filling in the gaps. Yeah. Which, when I read that, I was like, no. And then I watched it, I'm like, whoa, that's fucked up. That is the hitchhiker. Like, if you look at the way he's dressed, I'm like, oh, shit, this is messed up. So... 
so, so the question is, who who is the better uh, chewer of screen? Bill Mosley, Chop Top, or Dennis Hopper? Oh my God, this is a tough one. Because it's like they're chewing this movie from opposite ends toward the middle. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing a Lady in the Tramp on it. They are. They are lady and tra- they are sandwiching this, this, this delightful fuckery of of madness between themselves. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Bill Mosley's pretty fantastic, but then you have Dennis Hopper with like the two like small chainsaws like strapped to a gun belt that he's just running around with, and then eventually just pulls it out, two fisting it with two chainsaws swinging them around that's pretty awesome it's pretty good yeah and you do get that great scene where he goes to the chainsaw store which is you described it as a hardware store in your description but it's actually just a chainsaw store yeah yeah which is inherently ridiculous (laughs) um but as he's picking out the chainsaws, he's just like, he, they're like, you know, we can try that one if you want. And he just goes outside and there's a log there and he just goes crazy on it. <laughs> and that's pretty funny to watch, too. So when you see him finally arm up and you're just like, all right. And then that conversation he has, oh, that conversation he has with the corpse of Franklin. <laughs> he's like, don't worry, I'm here now. And it's like, it's that's a third that body that's been dead for 13 years you're talking to. <laughs> and trust me, he had it coming. If anybody remembers yeah. Franklin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Franklin's like one of those characters we were all like, the guy's in a wheelchair and he's still got no sympathy when he dies. No, fuck that guy. <laughs> Uh, it's ama- wh- it's it's amazing how after all these years, the uh, scene from the movie that's basically the poster arc, uh, poster art of you know the the car driving down the road with Leatherface standing on top of it with the chainsaw. Man, that sticks in your head forever. It never goes away once it's in there. That's there. Uh, any favorite kills? I mean, I, I liked watching Bill Mosley beat on that engineer guy with the hammer. <laughs> and his leg is twitch. His leg is, like, twitching, and it's like, like I see what they're doing here. They're, they're like, tripling down on these somewhat comedic elements of the original movie, mm-hmm. where they're just like, okay, there was a little bit of dark humor mixed into that movie, but then that twitch was an example of it. And we're just going to have that happen for, like, four straight minutes on screen now, just to make sure everybody <laughs> understands that it's funny. Uh, fucking Bill Mosley. Swear to God. The whole thing with him uh, heating up the coat hanger and, and picking at the skin on his oh, gosh. and then eating it. That is so fucking great. That is, fuck one of the heat greatest, is one of the greatest uh, gross out horror movie things just ever. I don't I don't know why. It's just such a random gross thing that seems impossible to comprehend but you're but at the same time it's so believable you're like yeah that's something some gross person would do <laughs> I don't know if I got to that point <laughs> I remember thinking it was cool and chuckling at it but I don't know if I ever got to the idea of yeah people would do that <laughs> keeping in mind that it was being intercut with Leatherface upstairs using the chainsaw as his dick to have sex for the first time <laughs> so it's you know I didn't have a lot of time to stop and think about what was going on on screen yeah then he couldn't perform so (laughs) 
This is a weird movie. <laughs> it is very weird. Considering uh, Grant and, is still alive. And I think I think it is. I was going to say I think it is the weirdest Texas Chainsaw movie, and and that says a lot. Is it weirder than Part Four? I think so. This one doesn't have Matthew McConaughey in it. I don't think I've ever actually seen <laughs> Part Did Four. Did I stop you there? Oh no! What? Oh, so I may have to watch Part it. Part Four, I, something else. I own it on digital. There are just... something else. In Part Four, there's a guy with like a an electronic leg brace that he operates with a remote control and there are parts where the remote control doesn't work that right so his leg is doing all sorts of weird shit that he doesn't want it to do (laughs) I just they're all every one of them such a fucking different thing Yeah, these are not a series of films the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series is not not a series of films it's just a bunch of standalone movies with the same title Right, because so you've got the first one, which is that that real unique kind of classic horror movie, and then you've got this one, which is more like a bonkers '80s horror movie, and, and then you've got what I, I don't even know how to fuck to describe Leatherface. Uh, I mean, it's got, a pretty typical horror movie. Yeah, it's it's pretty generic. Then you've got the Matthew McConaughey one, which is it's, once again it's more like uh, if if Texas Chainsaw Massacre was trailer trash, does that make make sense? (laughs) And then you've got uh, the Vigo Mortison one, which that one's, what, five? Oh, that's three. That's three. That's three. Vigo Mortensen's in Leatherface, yeah. Okay, yeah, so so Leatherface, that one's more like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's like a cabin in the woods kind of feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, they're all very different movies. The only two that actually go together are the remake and then the prequel to the remake. Well, Those yeah. are the only two that make any sense as a series. And then it's been and rebooted like fuck three after times. that, everything went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and really, I, even even the remake's like a good watch in its own right. Like, Oh, I really like the remake. The remake and the prequel to the remake, I think, are both good. Right. You just can't. This this series, you just you really have to divorce all the movies from each other. They all stand pretty well on their own, but they just the second you try to lean them together into a, a tower of cards, it just kind of melts no. into some weird viscous fluid. No, and that's that's why I said the, you don't think of this movie as a sequel to the original. It's it's not. It's not it, it tonally it's completely different the characters don't carry forward like we've, we've invented a new character and apparently the old character is still there that i thought they wrote a note but it's he's just deceased the entire time um you know but it's 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 just a whole different thing there's a ton of mini retcons there's you know it, it is not a follow-up to the previous film it's just a another story involving pretty much just the one recurring character well the two because it's Leatherface and then the dad there that is the only other recurring character and he's still doing his thing out and spazzing out the whole time except now he's obsessed with money <laughs> wouldn't you love to be in some kind of uh, uh, executive meeting where they brought in the script for this movie after hiring somebody to do a sequel to the first one it'd be interesting just because they have to read it and and everybody go okay and there's got to be one guy in the room going 
nobody else like thinks this is a little different than the first movie. <laughs> well, on paper, would it be that different? Because it's the tone that's different, right? It's the tone that where they've like quadrupled the level of comedy. I was, I was getting ready to say the point in the script where Toby Hooper comes running in dual wielding chainsaws, I think is fairly <laughs> different from the, from the tone. Yeah. The first Dennis Hopper, movie. you mean? Dennis Hopper, yeah. He said Toby Hooper, which, I mean, technically he is in this movie, but. Freudian slip. Yeah. Because they both give me a boner. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. So, so do you... we want to get in? It's our... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, does anybody know how Bill Mosley got his job in this movie? No. I mean, he's great, so I just assumed yeah. he perf- like did this at the audition, and they're like, yeah, that, more of that. So he loved the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, a lot. And apparently, like, in the early 80s, made his own, like, made his own fan film, which is weird to do in the early 80s, but, you know, whatever. And so he made, like, a little movie called The Texas Chainsaw Manicure, where essentially Leatherface is giving (laughs) manicures with a chainsaw. And he played... He played... He played the hitchhiker, and so he made it, and you know, it's you know, complete like making parody, making fun of the whole thing, and then apparently gave his friend a copy, who's a screenwriter. His friend didn't say anything to him, but then gave it to Toby Hooper, and then when he came back, he's like, "Dude, I gave a copy of your film to Toby Hooper." Bill Mosley's like, "You did what?" Like, "Oh no, Toby's gonna hate me. He's gonna think I was making fun of him." He's like, dude, Toby thought it was fucking hilarious. So so then when he was coming around to make Texas Chainsaw 2, he's like, oh, we got to get that Bill Mosley guy to come in to be part of it. Like, that's fucking hilarious. That's a weird Hollywood's a weird place. <laughs> it is a weird place. All right. What did you want to get into, Doug? Well, I was just going to say, do we want to get into more of a detailed discussion on this movie? Does it? Because I got some. Like, I do have some pretty strong complaints about it as well, as much as it is fun to watch. Like, my my biggest one is, why aren't there more kills in this movie? Mm. Like, if this is the movie you're going to make, like, there's only, the the first two guys get killed, then the engineer guy gets killed, and that's it. Yeah. And it's like, we need more than that. And so that whole, the whole middle part where, like, the dad of the Sawyers, whatever his name is, yeah. is off like winning chili contests with his human meat chili. I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's vaguely funny that he's selling human meat chili and that he, they're winning contests and everybody's like, what's the secret? And he's like, it's the meat. I use the best meat. And nobody knows where he gets his meat and stuff. Like, that's kind of funny, but it's a lot. Like, a lot of this movie is that. Uh, there should have been like five more kills in this movie. <laughs> Most but, death. Yeah, like that, that. That I found that very, very frustrating. And you like it's Tom Savini doing the gore too, isn't it? So like you, yeah. you've got a guy with a chainsaw. You've got Tom Savini. You've got Bill Mosley doing his thing. Like use that. They should have amped that up so much. And it was like it was the the middle part is a lot of like nothing. And they they have this like quote unquote plot, which is another thing that bugged me, which is like like Lefty goes. It says uh, it gets all the stories in the paper because he's like we need help from the media, 
and then a literal member of the media shows up and says, I have a tape here that I think will help you with your case. And he snaps on her and makes her go away. And then there's like, it's like a weird cat and mouse game between the two of them to get them working together. <laughs> and I'm like, just skip all that. Just skip all of that shit and have three more kills in the middle. Mm-hmm. Just random strangers wander into town, get killed type moments. Because that's what we needed more of in this movie. Yeah. It is weird because it seems like it would be easy to put in, considering they keep talking about how it's like the, I don't know, the big game weekend or whatever. Like I don't know, there's there's like a lot of sports fans around, or some some sports ball game that's being played. So it seems like there would be a way to work in, uh, them killing people and having people disappear, not you know tip everybody off right away. You you could have it a whole thing like you could have a whole subplot where lefty's the only one who's noticing people going missing and the rest of the town is like it's there's a million tourists in town for whatever this game is i think it's a college football game it's like okay we're not keeping track of where they all go they're probably drunk somewhere you know what i mean and then more get killed off and lefty's the only one picking up on it because for some reason he is staying at the hotel that's full of sports fans, I think. And it's like, that's a little weird to have that. But again, to have that all going on and then not matter, why not just use it? Yeah. So, and I, I, I have no idea why that, that is, if it's budgetary constraints or something, maybe. But that, I mean, that's if you're going to have a film that's like this movie makes exactly zero attempts to be scary or serious in any way, it has zero plot i mean the plot is so basic so then you gotta ramp up the kills right that's what that's what a friday the 13th movie would have done because like even like the dad yelling at them constantly about oh we're losing money because you're not chopping up the bodies fast enough to make meat and eyeball pate for tomorrow and it's like okay okay like again it's funny for a minute but there's a lot of it there's you know there must be 10 minutes of him yelling at them and it's like i don't need to hear it all you can scale it back you know and have two more people get stabbed in the face with a chainsaw because mm-hmm. really like what one person dies in by chainsaw in this whole movie yeah like that's not enough <laughs> all bad I don't want to say no I feel like there could be a room for a lot more especially with Bill yeah. Mosley's like over the top like performance you could go like full like Daffy Duck on this <laughs> just go nuts with kills yeah oh yeah and could, you know you could even have like if you want to if you want to play up the comedy surrounding this whole feeding people to people thing you could have them like picking out certain people to kill because they need certain cuts of meat or something it wouldn't be that hard mm-hmm. it's all sitting there Whereas I think the first movie really, really works because of its simplicity and because of its this one, because it's a, a different tone and a different style of filmmaking. I think you need a little more to it. But that having been said, then you get to watch Bill Mosley run around and you get to watch Dennis Hopper run around. <laughs> it's just weird how Dennis Hopper, when he gets there, he goes straight to, I'm just going to tear the whole place down. <laughs> And tear down this whole amusement park and hope it collapses on these three people that I want to kill. What was his strategy? Yeah, I mean, it seemed fair. Like, look, yeah. I found a wall with a bunch of guts in it. Let's just tear this place down. I mean, a fucking Alamo-themed fucking amusement park. Tear it down anyway, I don't care. But... <laughs> How did it ever fail? 
it, it was a closed amusement park, right? Like, these were Scooby-Doo villains living in a closed amusement park at this point. No, of course. It wasn't active. But, okay. I, I didn't... I didn't pick up on the fact that it was closed. I just had to make that assumption. But that would have been something else if it was like a fully operational amusement park and they were selling their chili right in it. <laughs> just picking people out and selling them to the next customer. Sweeney Todd and the whole thing? I assume, yes. Having not seen Sweeney Todd, I, I will base the, I, the assumption that you're correct. Say if the amusement park had been open, they could have uh, chainsawed some children's. That'd have been fun. Oh, could you imagine, like a fucking roller coaster going by and Leatherface just sticking his chainsaw out with it running, just decapitate like ten people? I don't know. I'm gonna not imagine that for the rest of the (laughs) night now. (laughs) Fucking Bill Mosley picking up the heads, complaining the whole time. (laughs) Any other complaints? No, this is it's pretty much those are the big ones. It's, more kills. Yeah, it's the yeah. I, I can get behind more, more kills. I think uh, more kills, uh, more Bill Mosley, and more uh, Dennis Hopper. Yeah, that's all you need. Because I didn't like I didn't mind that girl, but once they got to the amusement park, they could have just killed her off, right? We didn't need her to stick around. Oh, but she's what stretched. The girls Come on. She's stretched. That weird combination of Jackie from Roseanne and Daisy Duke. <laughs> uh, that's accurate. <laughs> uh, what, what yeah, you yeah there's nothing wrong with her. I didn't discard her. <laughs> she's just not your favorite? She's... If they'd killed her off, we could have got more of those other characters that were more fun. Uh, I don't know. I mean, two's, two's probably my second favorite in the series. It's probably the first one, it, and then that one, and then probably the remake. And then it kind of jumps around from there. I would say two is probably everybody's second favorite one in the series. And that could even mean, yeah, I really liked the first one. I hated the second one. And you can pretty much just go from there. <laughs> Well, but I mean, I mean, all combined, because I think a lot of people like the remake. Yeah. Yeah. I personally just think that I would rather watch two than watch the remake, because two's awesome in that batshit kind of way. Yeah, it it is batshit. That's an accurate description of it. I don't know. I, I, I remember liking three a long time ago, but I have not seen it in a long time. See, I remember watching it and not enjoying it, but it's been a while. Well, I mean, you do get to see Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Awesome folks. I don't think I knew who he was last time I saw it. It's that long ago. I think that was pretty early in his career. Yeah. Well, it's like 1990, so. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't demanding uh, high money around that point, so. I'm sure. I'm sure that was... Uh, Oh, shit, I'm going to get thrown out of my house. I better make a movie soon. Then he started making them big movies, and then he did The Road, and his career stopped. <laughs> yeah, he still made some not movies. Because, <laughs> not, not because he's a bad actor, but because all the directors were like, no, I don't want him in my movie. I'm just going to think about The Road the whole time. <laughs> just going to sit around depressed. Yeah. He's going to come on and tell me stories about The Road, and that's going to make me more depressed. 
just amazing. It's amazing how many uh, uh, names you get throughout the uh, uh, the random ones. <laughs> I mean, you get uh, what's it? Is it Kirstie Alley? Is that her name from Cheers? Is in one of them. Kirstie Alley's in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah, I don't think so. Which one? Oh yeah, I don't think that's Jeez. right. I'm ninety percent sure that that's right. Um, I don't have my phone on me. Do you think of John Carpenter's Village of the Damned? That's what you're thinking of? No. no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking her up. Continue on. Are you thinking of Renee Zellweger? Is that how far off of life you are? Is he gone? No, there is also Renee Renee Zellweger. There is also Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, she's not not in a... uh... Texas Chainsaw movie. I just can't imagine I wouldn't know that. All the way up to Veronica's closet. No Texas Chainsaw has popped up yet. Because she might not even be... She plays a bit part. I don't don't think you're right. Thinking of Rathacon, maybe? She's certainly not... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's, that's it. It's, 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 everyone gets Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Wrath of Khan confused, you know. <laughs> but with the, the farmhouses and the chainsaws in both. It's certainly not, well, it's not, not one or two. There's an outside chance it's three. I'm 90% sure it's not four. And then I don't think it can be anything after that. So. Because no. the 89, she hit that. Look who's talking. So she had look who's talking money. She didn't need to uh, do any Texas Chainsaw movies. No, we should move on from this. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys keep talking. I'll, I'll figure out what I'm talking about. Hold on. I don't know. There's an outside chance Kirstie Alley's in Chud Two. A lot of other cameos. <laughs> do you want to tell us about Chud Two, Doug? I guess Chud Two is a movie that, once again, no, it's not a sequel to Chud. I don't believe them <laughs> at all. Um, they say chat a couple a times, and that's about it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's say military is doing experiments on reviving bodies to use as soldiers, but unfortunately it turns them into cannibals and other problems. Uh, basically makes them into zombies, not chuds. And then Pretty much. at the same time as their program is being shut down, some high school kids are in trouble, so they're sent to put frogs away in an aquarium. And that leads to them accidentally losing a dead body that was in storage at the high school, I think. And then their solution to this is to steal a different dead body, and they accidentally steal the body of the uh, from the experiment. And then they electrocute it back to life by putting it in the bath and dropping a hairdryer in there <laughs> and uh, the, the the chud thing gets up and creates an army of chuds because if it bites the brain it turns it into a chud but not really a chud just the what chuds in this movie and then they uh, it attacks the school dance where the kids have to fend it off that's kind of the whole plot we get a lot of the our, army guys chasing the kids around trying to get them arrested for stealing a dead body but yeah plot wise that's about it there's a dog that gets turned into a zombie which in turn bites a mailman that gets turned into a zombie there's a little sister that they that sees the dead body and they tell her that she's just having a nightmare and she spends 
much of the rest of the movie clearly traumatized from all this. Because <laughs> when she starts seeing dogs eat people, she just doesn't even bother to tell her parents about that at that point. She just figures it must be asleep still. Goes on with her breakfast. <laughs> uh... This movie is terrible. Yep. Oh, I forgot to mention the 45 minutes in the middle where the Chud is just trying to lead a normal life, so he steals some clothes and gets a haircut. Ugh. Goes out for coffee. Yeah. This movie's not good. No. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be funny, but there was only one funny line of dialogue in the whole movie, and it wasn't delivered particularly well because the kid head of the class was not that good at his job of acting. <laughs> um, no. yeah, the, the one funny joke was when they killed the, the the teacher that had got them in trouble at the beginning of the movie who had been zombified and he looks around and he goes, you know, if that guy was still alive, he'd give us an A for this. And I'm like, that's a funny line of dialogue if it had been delivered correctly. Which it was not. No, this no, movie no. sucks. This movie sucks. Robert England's in it. Yeah, uncredited, just strolling across the just, street during Halloween. I'm just like sitting there like, is that fucking Robert England? What the hell just happened? And then I see, you know, Mr. Roper shows up and I'm like, well, now what's, I, oh, what's going on here? I may have been looking at my phone, but did he turn to the camera and smile at some point? Mr. Roper? Yeah. No. It was kind of a shtick on Three's Company. Like, somebody would say something, he'd give a witty remark, and then kind of smile at the camera, and then cut back to whatever was going on. No, they wouldn't. They didn't give him that much credit in this. Did you figure out what's going on yet, Noah? I don't know. Maybe I'm just having a violent hallucination of some kind. I saw one reference somewhere that that said that the the hotel clerk kind of looked like Kirstie Alley, and that was about it. See, I think think maybe that's it, because that's what I was thinking. I was like, (laughs) she owns the place. But maybe it's just somebody like her, and all these years I've just said, man, that's her. (laughs) I never looked at it. Hotel clerk in which movie? I think it's Next Generation. Yeah, four. Okay. All these years, Noah's had a crush on crazy Scientologist Kirstie Alley from Texas. Oh no, Kirstie Alley's a Scientologist. Oh, she's a big Scientologist. Fuck. Let's not. Let's not go there. Let's get back to Ben Mothing Chud too about the Chud. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we're just saying. (laughs) Yeah. So here's here's the thing. If if you didn't. If you didn't know that some of the same people were involved with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, you would think, this is somebody who saw this movie and just went, yeah, but I think I've got a better idea. (laughs) And Chud 1 and Chud 2, the second movie after watching it, you would think, okay, this person did not see the first movie <laughs> they do not know what a chud is no they, no yeah. this is it was just it was trying to be a typical 80s horror comedy and it was just really bad at it and the fact yeah. that like it should never have been called chud too because it doesn't make any sense no. i mean the bud thing is obviously a reference to day of the dead right so it's like i don't know but again, I mean, this one feels almost like it's more inspired by Return of the Living Dead than my comments on the last one being 
the same style of movie. It's like they were trying to that, but you have to be funny for that to work, and there was just nothing funny about this movie. And what it was so not funny that I started pointing out all like the logic errors, like at the beginning of the movie when the the kid starts a fire in class, but then the kid who started the fire and the kid who put out the fire both get detention. What what the kid who put out the fire? Why is he in trouble? What do you do wrong? Like, and then yeah. their detention is to put frogs into an aquarium and they lose one and they just find a dead body back there. And you're going like, no, like if this is funny, then I don't care about any of this. But when it's not funny, now I'm going to notice how stupid it is. Yeah, you just store a dead body back in the back in the shop with no refrigeration. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. And apparently if you just bump into the uh, gurney, it's on like rocket fuel and we'll just take off and fly down the interstate. But here's the thing. When you say that, that sounds funny to me. But in the movie, it wasn't funny. I feel like the only the only joke that kind of lands in the run of this movie is the younger sister occasionally seeing something horrible happens out of a window. And I would argue that's, that's it. I and it's argue... only funny the the reaction because every time she tries to like crack a joke or something, it it gets bad again. And I would argue that it only pays off at the very end with the body that's been apparently just flying down the interstate, just runs into the back of her car out of nowhere, and he sits up and she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> this movie's so bad that I don't remember that happening. I just watched it like two days ago. <laughs> I feel like the elevator pitch for this was they were like, okay, imagine if we took Chud and mixed it with, I don't even remember the name of this movie. Is it Zapped? Is that the name of it? The 80s raunchy comedy about the dude who gets like static power for fucking reason. Oh, I don't even, is it static power? I thought it was like psychokinesis. Scott Bayo. Yeah, and of course yeah, he's some, a high schooler. Like that. High schooler, so all he does yeah. is make girls' skirts fly up and stuff like that. You know, a movie yeah. that could totally yeah, exactly. be made today without any problems. Yeah. As a exactly. matter of fact, they and did they, re- like... they did remake it for the Disney Channel, but it had a girl instead of Scott <laughs> Bayo, and I'm gonna guess it's probably horrible. Strange. It's a strange decision to make, but I'm yeah. sure the and people were like, oh that. It's awesome. Is it going to have all the raunchy comedy of, of Zapped? And then they're like, no, no, it's just going to be more cheesy comedy. Oh, okay. It's going to have all the great horror movie <laughs> moments of uh, Chud. And then they're like, oh, no, no, no. It's, it, instead, they're going to be like zombies with fucked up teeth. <laughs> yeah. They're just methods, really. Yeah. Well, zombies with fucked up teeth who like normal, but they can't quite do it. Are they yeah, going to be somebody asking for three bucks? They don't have it. Are they going to at least be scary? No, they're they're more going to be uh, played purely for comedy. Now, it's when you say comedy, shrugging. do you mean funny? No, not funny comedy. Not not that kind of comedy. Can we get the? Can we get Daniel like, Stern to come back for it? Uh, no, he does stuff for the Wonder Gears now, so he's above us. <laughs> Did you look up what Daniel Stern was doing at the time that this was filmed? 
No, but I mean, I know he was doing. I was going to say stuff, so. the the craziest thing about anybody thinking that they could make a sequel to Chud is that Chud is a magnificent, perfect stew of a lot of elements that make that movie work. And I do not believe that recipe can ever be done again. You cannot make that movie not suck. You can't do it. I, I defy anyone. Yeah. I don't. The thing right. with this movie, though, if this movie was executed well, all the stuff we're saying wouldn't matter. Because in a comedy, it doesn't matter Like if any of the stuff works, per se, as long as you're chuckling along with it as you go. And I just didn't at all. Like when he, when he keeps changing it, the the zombie keeps changing his outfit. Like that's not funny. He steals a guy's coat and stuff, and you're like, I don't. It's not funny to watch a zombie steal a coat. I don't. I don't even want to enjoy that. And like you know, like obviously the plot follows along where it's like it's Halloween, but nobody mentions it's Halloween until the night of. And like even the dad does has doesn't know that it, whether his kid is going trick or treating until the night of. And he's like, oh. What's she going to dress up as? Like, that's not how it works. That's stupid. But you know what? And then they're all like, the zombies are going to naturally go and attack the dance, which is what you would expect in any 80s horror horror, horror comedy. So it's going to happen in this. But we've seen it done well so many times. Let me me turn you around on this movie, Doug. What if uh, Bud the zombie, Bud the Chud, what if he bites a dog? And the dog turns into a zombie. Then is what it, if, what yeah. if that dog... Is, is it going to be a nonstop thing throughout the movie where they keep bringing the zombie dog back? Well, what if the dog bites the mailman? Because, you know, dogs hate mailmen. It's going to be hilarious. Well, I can see how you might think that. But having seen the movie, I can <laughs> confirm that it is not. It's not. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I've got I've got a question, guys. Uh, since in the first movie it turns out that Chuds are just crazy uh, cannibalistic sewer mutants who who die the normal ways, you know, you can hit them with a machete or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how do you think you would kill these new bucktooth Chuds? Maybe freeze them and then electrocute them, causing them to explode inexplicably. <laughs> <laughs> sure, because that method seems to make a lot of sense. It's like, why do they have Hopefully to be none of the characters will know that. Ideally, none of the characters will know how to kill them. And then they'll just accidentally stumble across this and conveniently have access to all the stuff they'll need to keep pulling this off. What if Bud the Chud has rapey feelings about one of the main girls? Yeah. And use that Underage to our girls. Yeah, yeah. We'll just so put, we her, put her... We can... <laughs> He seems to have slightly rapey feelings toward a lot of things because I don't know if you guys thought this, but the scene where he's flushing the toilet and he he just keeps flushing the toilet over and over again, (laughs) it seems like he's really into that. By the way, that's not how it's not in a a, ha ha, this is a fun thing to do kind of way, but in a oh yeah, baby kind of way. I I just want to point out that's not how toilets work. You can't just keep flushing toilets and eventually they overflow. That's not how toilets overflow. Overflow only if they're clogged. That's how that works. So this movie doesn't understand basic toilets. Yeah. This movie sucked really bad. 
I didn't enjoy watching this movie. And things it's like it kept moving along, and I kept thinking, well, maybe the next part will be good because it seems like it's following all these tropes of other movies that are good. I mean, when it finally becomes clear zombies are going to attack a dance, I'm like, well, yeah, that's been funny in lots of other things. We talked about this: the vampires attacking the dance in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We all enjoyed that. We all enjoyed it in Night of the Creeps when they attacked, like, the... Didn't they attack a dance in that? Or it was just the sorority house party or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're going to do stuff that every other movie does, you have to, you can't just do it way worse and expect me to enjoy it. Yeah, it sucked. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but what if it had a theme song about Bud the Chud theme songs are played five happen? or six times throughout the movie how did it have its own theme song how is that Bud the thing the they Chud. spent their budget on Bud the Chud I give it credit because I do enjoy a good theme song me too I thoroughly enjoy them but I feel like you need uh, I don't know you need something else besides a theme song. <laughs> a good movie. To, to, to attach that, you need something to attach that theme song to. Does anybody else think that maybe they found that song and made a movie around it? And it's still now was. that's what I think. <laughs> so, so just off the top of you guys' head, what do you think the greatest uh, cheesy movie theme song of all time is? Big oh. Trouble in Little China. Mm, you're wrong. It's only one correct answer. I, I don't have an answer for this one off the top of my head. You, you can't is, post questions like this and not give me time to research. It is most certainly the class of Nukem High Part 2. Oh, I've never seen it, so. And that's just because the, the tagline in that song is actually of Nukem High Part 2! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will give credit to a theme song that works part two into the <laughs> right, song. Right, right. It's so it gets you every fucking time. You know, the people who are trying to make part three were like, we can't do it because we can't afford to write a new song and you fucking ruined it. We can't reuse the song from the previous movie. Lloyd Kaufman's pissed. <laughs> if I remember right, the, uh, the third one's got a pretty good one, too. So does the first one. Most trauma movies have a dope theme song. I think I've only ever seen half. I think I've only seen half of the first class of Newcomb High. Oh man, I fucking that's that's one of my favorite movies. I've never seen any of that series. Uh, I would assume you would mm, probably hate it. Seems like I would. How do you feel about uh, nerdy dudes drinking from a water fountain and then melting? See, that's pretty good. How do you feel about uh, somebody taking a shit and that shit falling into a thing of toxic waste? And then at the end of the movie, it turns out there's a great big, horrible, sharp tooth shit monster that they have to fight. Actually, you know what? You're selling me on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) This is all sounding excellent to me. That's because it's awesome. Classic, classic. It it is good to trauma. You know what I mean? There's, a, I I know there's not a lot of good trauma, but it is good to trauma. It, it's on the the good end of the scale. 
Maybe we should do a. Have we ever done a Toxic uh, Avenger? I don't think we have. No. Maybe we should do Toxic Avenger class in Newcomb High. Yeah, we got, uh, we got Sergeant Kabuki Man on the list somewhere. We do. Fucking love Sergeant Kabuki Man, too. Although maybe we should do class of Newcomb High before we do Sergeant Kabuki Man. <laughs> So that so that you guys will let me do Sergeant Kabuki Man. Because <laughs> I feel like if we do it the opposite way, you guys might be more reticent. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Doug was talking about how they didn't have USA in Canada. And I said characters must not be welcome there. Didn't have USA up all night? With fucking Gilbert Godfrey introducing cheesy movies. And Rhonda Shear's boobs introducing movies. <laughs> USA. All night. <laughs> you missed out, Doug. Yeah. I don't know. Is anybody excited? Joe Bob's coming back this Friday. Woo. I'm, all, I'm not excited, but yeah, I, I'm happy for you guys. Oh. Will it help that Chris Jericho is co-hosting the second movie? It's not, it's not going to change anything for me because I don't have my Shutter membership anymore. Oh. Wait, what What movie is he co-hosting for? Uh, well, when he was announced, I was like, well, it's got to be, what the fuck is the name of that movie? Um, God damn it. Is he in a movie? Well, he's been in some movies, but. <sighs> oh, um, okay. So he's uh, co-hosting the movie Bloodsucking Freaks. Okay. Uh, the one time I interviewed him like a long time ago for horror junk, which was like three podcasts ago, uh, we were asking people their favorite horror movie scene and he picked the very end of blood sucking freaks. Cause he said, it's his favorite, one of his favorite movies. So when they announced he's going to be on, I'm like, well, it's gotta be blood sucking freaks. And apparently enough people have guessed it that they've pretty much just said, yeah, it's going to be blood sucking. Nice. I don't know what the first one's going to be, but apparently they're going to have a co-host for that one too. But it's a well-known horror actress. But don't know what the movie is. He's, he's all right. I've I've uh, checked out some of his outside of wrestling stuff every once in a while. It's mostly tolerable. I think he's absolutely wrong about metal every once in a while, but yeah. I, I appreciate his enthusiasm. I don't know anything about music really so i don't even pay that attention to that um but he's been killing it in aew so it makes me really happy that they have him i still have no aew sad panda it's really funny because he's uh kind of feuding with matt hardy right now matt hardy's doing like his weird broken gimmick um which lets chris jericho expand a little bit more uh so i don't know it's weird to explain matt hardy's got this weird drone that sort of follows him 
They call it Vanguard One. It's just a weird part of his shtick. Um, yeah, Jericho offered the drone to join his uh, faction or whatever. And so the, one of the weeks where they're doing, you know, recording shit from home, uh, Jericho's sitting in his hot tub at his house. And Vanguard One comes flying in, and he's like, hey, you could still be part of the group, and gives them, like, this teeny tiny, like, T-shirt with, like, the faction logo on it, and puts it on this little hook on the drone, and the drone flies off with it. He's like, you son of a bitch, give me that T-shirt back. And then he just looks back over his shoulder and goes, release the hounds! And then it just shows, like, all of his weird Pomeranian dogs or whatever come running out of his house to start chasing the drone. Fucking weirdest shit ever. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> All right. Anybody watch anything? I just got done watching something. What'd you watch? I bet I know what it is. Uh, I watched uh, Bloodshot. Yeah. Since it was on sale on Voodoo for $15. Which makes me sad. Is it worth uh, the, Seeing uh, how that's... I, worth- I personally think... So. I personally think so. I mean, here's here's the thing. So, did, Brian, you probably know a little bit. You know a little bit about the Valiant comics, right? I know a little like, bit about a little bit. Never basically, really read any of them, but they're they're like somewhere between stereotypical comic books and like image comic books. So you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Little uh, a little more mostly nude people in a. In more, more swearing and stuff, but not not necessarily, you know, tits and and fuck constantly like image yeah. comics tend to be. Yeah, a little bit more left of center than like Marvel and DC, but not quite crazy of some of the image stuff. Right, 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 right. Uh, so basically, you know, it's I, I think the trailers pretty much gave it away. It's about a dude who gets a bunch of he dies and they put a bunch of nanites in him. And those nanites basically give him Wolverine-esque regenerative powers. And that's I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it is his weakness is that he basically is battery powered. So <laughs> if the energy and the nanites run out, he can't heal anymore. Uh, and so it's basically an hour and four 46 minutes of Vin Diesel fucking people up, yeah. which is awesome. Like, this is freaking great. <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of why I, I like had, the Riddick movies. No fuck, right. I got no fucking complaints about that. It's, a, it's an hour and four. Like, the the storyline is fine. Like, it's entertaining enough. The, the bad guys are, like, pretty cool, especially toward the end, whenever they all start suiting up and using their various weird techno gear that they all have and I, and I mean that's it the, the the jokes land pretty well it's a good movie it sucks it sucks that it went into the theater whenever it did because I feel like it's going to bomb as of getting a sequel and it really should get a sequel that's a bummer but yeah like I said yeah, I, I, I think it's good I don't think I don't think it's as good as Dread, and Dread didn't get a sequel. <laughs> so, <laughs> I suppose there's some balancing issues there. But uh, I would say the biggest complaint is some of the CGI special effects aren't as on point as they could be, and some of the fight scenes maybe aren't coordinated as well as they should be. 
but that's also because now you're comparing it to Marvel movies in, in fuck. Like, what, what the fuck are you supposed yeah. to do? Marvel spends a bajillion dollars on every fucking movie they make now, so now it makes everything else look like shit. Right. Yeah, you still watch, like yeah. I said a couple weeks ago, I watched that 45 minutes of the end of Endgame, and it's like, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> like, that, that last thing, like... There's maybe one or two little things that don't look quite as good as they should, but everything else looks amazing, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Everybody else is screwed. Right. It's so clean, and Marvel's Marvel's fight scenes have, like, set this standard for superhero fight scenes that it's just you can't fucking... I, I just don't know how you're ever supposed to stand up to that because they're not you know they're not kung fu fight scenes they're not your standard action film fight scenes they've got this like rhythm and and kind of a a posing and storytelling through motion kind of thing going on with them that's just unique yeah and marvel's really figured out how to make superhero fights feel grounded which is always the problem right how do you make it not feel like a cartoon fight and they've nailed it. I don't know exactly what they've done, but well, they and they, they've nailed it in like two different ways too, which makes it even worse. Because I mean, sure, in Endgame you have fucking Captain America with Mjolnir, like tossing that shit around and using the hammer to hit his shield at Thanos, and just all this like super awesome stuff. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the fucking hallway fight from Daredevil and Netflix. And it's yep. like both are amazing for two completely different reasons. And it's like, what the fuck do you do? Uh, I really hope all those rumors about them bringing Charlie Cox into the uh, MCU true. Because he fucking deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't see how they can bring him in when they've already recast some of the actors from those Netflix series in other roles so I don't know I mean the big the big rumors right now is that he's going to be in the uh, the third Spider-Man movie as Peter Parker's lawyer which is interesting which is I always good, thought which is I always idea. thought Spider-Man would have worked great as a Netflix series like obviously they were never going to do that but I thought it would be, he would have been a perfect character to bring down to that level yeah, I almost think the best thing to do, they're making the uh, the She-Hulk Disney Plus show. Yeah. And she is also a lawyer, so it would be interesting to bring Daredevil in as a uh, recurring character. That'd be interesting. Yeah, but Bloodshot, check it out. I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest complaint people are going to have is the same complaint that they should have about everything that Wolverine's in. And that is it's hard to build tension in a character that literally can't die. You know what I mean? Like with you could you could blow him into smithereens with an atomic bomb and he's just going to dust back together and fuck you up, which we never really got a good shot of any of the X-Men movies. No, not, not at all. There should have been like a half of his body gets taken off and it's like the fucking Terminator skeleton underneath and it just reforms. Right. The closest thing would have been in part three when he was trying to get to uh, 
what's her name? But which awesome. which which part? The X Men Three Part Three. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm 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 still not uh, I'm still not hearing you guys. What what part? <laughs> Right. It sounds like you're saying part three, but there was no third movie. Oh. That, didn't, that didn't happen. It's so clever of you. You really got us. I hate Did you watch anything else? I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> um, I started watching what we do in the shadows to catch up on that. Oh, Jesus. Season two. Fucking, fucking delightful. Yeah. God damn. The writing. The writing on that show is so fucking good. I just, it's amazing that uh, that was one of those ones that whenever they announced they were doing a TV show, I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to translate that movie into a TV show and make it work. And I was just was completely fucking wrong because it's every episode is just fucking funny. Yeah, I was. We're going to get into it more later, but it's pretty much just like now it becomes well. Is the movie maybe greater or is the TV show maybe greater than the movie by sheer volume? The fact there's more of it? Maybe. I don't know. So good. God damn it, Colin Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And every time I see somebody posting about what, what we do in the shadows, all I see is a bunch of people. Doing updog jokes, which is hilarious. Right. That, uh, somebody needs to make a really good uh, uh, gif of Colin Robinson making his I'm draining you face. <laughs> because I just want to, every time somebody gets in a fight on Facebook, I just want to post that every time. <laughs> you see him going. <laughs> I just watched the newest one before I came down and they were going to a party to worship an owl. they said they really respect owls because you know they also come out at night and like all this stuff that's when you realize when they get to the party that they are not going to a superb owl party it is a super bowl party (laughs) (laughs) when they first show up the guy that invited them him and his wife get in an argument before they even get in the house and you just see Colin Robinson in the background, like smiling, and his eyes start glowing. <laughs> Ew, what is all over the ceiling? Is that ghost ectoplasm? Yes, it's ectoplasm. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> just like that, a bunch of, a bunch of uh, yeah, vampires but... sitting around being like, ghosts don't exist. That's bullshit. <laughs> His his reaction of of pretending not to see the ghost, and then he goes in the house and he goes around and he's like, "Ghost, <laughs> fucking ghost!" <laughs> oh, God damn it! Oh, fuck, fuck that fucks me up. But that's that's pretty much all I watched. I can't I, I can't think of anything else. What are you doing? Um. Well, right along the same lines of comedic and humorous uh one of the listeners challenged me to watch the killing of the sacred deer oh i took him up on that and decided sure (laughs) how dare you real real hilarious real hilarious movie 
Have you seen it? I have not, and I'm, I pretty much haven't because I know that I'm going to be fucking depressed after I get done watching it. Yeah. So, for people who haven't seen it, the plot is basically um, this doctor has befriended the son of a person who died on the operating table. The son, uh, kind of really weird kid. Um, he ends up bringing him home to his family. The kids, uh, uh, two kids, one boy, call him 10, girl, about 14, 15, both start to lose control of their lower limbs, basically becoming paralyzed. This kid explains that uh, there's some kind of a curse where this doctor will have to kill one of his own family members. Otherwise, they will all go uh, get paralyzed, start to starve to death, bleed from the eyes, and die. And the movie proceeds from there, where we get to watch those things start to happen and watch this doctor go through trying to decide whether to kill one of his own kids to save the rest of the family or not. The ending is uh, adequately depressing. If it makes you feel better, Brian, you're, you're right. <laughs> um, it's, it's fucked up because you have, like, you literally have a scene in this movie where the dad of two kids is interviewing the school principal looking for information on, like, which one of these kids deserves to live more? <laughs> and it's all deadpan serious. Like, he's, like, just, like, literally asking, is one of them smarter? Do you think one of them has more of a future? <laughs> it's like, this is so fucked up and dark. <laughs> um... Yeah, so all that's going on. At one point, they end up kidnapping the other kid and sticking him in the basement, and they're kind of torturing him. But it's Sounds yeah, like it's just dark. It's just dark and fucked up. And I, I kind of want to spoil for you the how it ends, but I, now I don't think I can because I think you should see it first. But okay. it's trust me, it's as it's as dark as you want it to be. Um, I hesitant to recommend the movie to a lot of people because it is like almost two hours long and it is a slow slow paced movie and the the right I don't know if you guys, I don't know the I can't remember the writer director's name but uh, he, he makes these weird movies and he's been doing it for a while and his characters have a tendency to speak in a very kind of off-putting, very unusual way. It's a very stunted delivery from all the actors. Um, and with everything moving so slow and that going on, and then there's just a, a bunch of seemingly unnecessary conversations and weird topics that come up. And the whole, like, by the time I was done, I was like, this movie could have probably been a half an hour shorter and you just didn't do a lot of that weird shit that was kind of unnecessary. Uh, but once it kicks in, it all it's all kind of worth it, in my opinion. So really dark, really kind of upsetting. Um, some debate whether it qualifies as a horror film or whether it's more of a drama. I don't know. It's apparently the retelling of like a Greek myth of some sort that I don't understand, but some people might. That's where the title comes from. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to watch Colin Farrell, try to 
decide whether or not to kill one of his children for like an hour by torturing the guy that put a curse on them. This is the movie for you, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so this guy also did Dogtooth and The Lobster, which is probably yeah, two, uh, two famous ones he did. Yeah, Dogtooth is the one I've seen of those. And I remember, like, I saw it when it was new, which I think is, like, probably a decade ago now. Um, and it was, like, I remember it feeling the same way about the dialogue and everything with that one. Okay. And have it. it's not a, the kind of movies you're going to rewatch a lot. But. I remember wanting to see The Lobster. Yeah. Didn't get around to it. Now, I don't think there were any scenes in The Lobster where a paralyzed child was crawling around the house using just his arms, trying to water the plants because he really wanted to impress his dad so that if his dad did decide to kill one of the kids, it would be his sister. Does, do you think that would happen in The Lobster? Because it happened in this movie. Kids like, don't worry, Dad. I got that haircut you wanted me to get, and I'm sorry I should have gotten it back when you wanted to. And now I'm just gonna go water the plants. And he's crawling away on on his it's just his arms. The dad's like, sorry, it's okay, it's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if it's just a Saturday night, have a couple guys over, have some beers, chuckle at the kid bleeding from his own eyes. And, the wife that starts to get nervous and keeps offering to wear the outfit that the husband likes because that's all she knows what to do and there's a lot of other weird shit that goes on that I think that I would get into it with you if I if you guys had seen the movie as well I'll try to get your thoughts on some of it but you know so if you watch it let me know and we'll uh, we'll, we'll discuss it further <laughs> and we'll discuss the climax of the movie because god damn it's fucked up <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it was a very, very good movie. I'm not sure who I'd recommend it to. I know it wouldn't be something I'd recommend to a lot of people. It seems like that'd be one of those movies where he'd be like, oh, it was it was a really good movie. And someone's like, oh, cool. Do you want to watch it with me? And you're like, no, I, I never, ever want to watch this movie again. <laughs> kind of. No, I did get interrupted watching it. And like multiple times. So I actually watched the second hour of it twice. And I'm glad I did because it works. It's way more effective when you can like sit and concentrate and watch it. But then it had way more of an effect on me, and that wasn't a pleasant effect. So <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. It's pretty fucked up, though. But yeah, I mean, if, if it's your cup of tea, I, if, if that's the kind of thing that appeals to you, I'd watch it. Just know the beginning is going to be like when I said they could cut a half an hour out of it. That whole half hour would come out of the first hour. Not out of the second hour, so interesting. Um, yeah, there's just I don't know. There's a lot of like weird, unnecessary talk, and there's like you get into some of the weird like sexual fetishes that the two main characters have, or the, the parents, I should say, of the main family have, and you're like, I don't, I don't need to know that per se. Like, it's not that it's poorly done so much as it's unnecessary. In a movie moving this slow, maybe just don't do it. But that's just my opinion. What else did I watch? Okay, I watched the uh, uh, the six part miniseries uh, originally from Paramount Network. Now it's on Netflix called Waco. Yeah, which is obviously enough about the, the Branch Davidian and the incidents in Waco, Texas, back in the nineties, which have always been kind of fascinating to me because that was the first kind of 
it was one of those first big news story things that I remember, you know, when it was happening. I remember watching the news at night and seeing it. Oh. I would have been like early high school kind of thing. Yeah, me and Amanda watched it. And uh, I explained to her before we watched it. I'm like, do you know anything about this? And she was too young, so she doesn't. She didn't remember anything. I was like, oh, cool. You're going to watch a big movie about how uh, the government really fucked up. So sit back and enjoy. Yeah, the thing I really liked about watching it was that they really made it clear that there's like, there's no good guys here. It's like, here's this cult leader who's marrying 14-year-old girls and is, you know, recruiting people and convincing them to live without running water and shit and illegally selling guns. And he's up against a government agency that's just overly militarized and underprepared Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, like when they go through at the end, when they point out that it's like nobody really knows who started the fire that ended this whole confrontation. But the one thing we do know is that the FBI uses the same type of gas all the time, and it sometimes starts giant fires. And they didn't have any fire trucks there when they started using it. What the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should. You know, and it's the same thing when, like, the ATF goes in at the beginning of the incident and has this first shootout with these guys, and it's like, well regardless of what exactly happened and what crimes were being committed there's children in there why are you making like a military attack on this base full of like with relatively innocent people all over the place you know you're making the situation significantly worse when you don't need to and that's all there is to it no matter how you look at it I mean there's a line of dialogue where uh, David Koresh played by uh, Taylor Kitsch says like why didn't you just arrest me when I was in town or out jogging? Like, and we see that he, like, he's in a band and he goes and plays in bars. And it's like, well, yeah, if you're trying to get the guy, wait outside the bar. Worst case scenario, you got to fight his bandmates. That's it. You don't have to have these giant shootouts and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it could have been handled so much better. And it's just, but on the other hand, and you've got, you know, a guy running a cult and you've got him at any point in time, he could have just surrendered and walked out and yeah he would have been arrested but, but nobody would nobody else would have died after the initial day and you know at, at one point they do negotiate an agreement for him to to uh, surrender and the government does fulfill their end of the bargain and then he doesn't surrender and it's like well you know like yeah like th- there's a reason why the government is looking into these guys and why they should be arresting this guy and all this other stuff they're just not doing it right. So it's, it's fucked up to see a movie that's like, it's like six hours of like, hey, who's, who do we root for in this? Like, nobody? Yeah. Nobody at all? And, and they actually, I don't know if you noticed in the credits, but it's based on two different books. And one is written by a guy that's on the inside and one that's written by one of the FBI guys. Yeah. So it's like, it's clever that way because then you, you're getting both sides. Now, I did notice that in the show, the only two like sympathetic characters are the two characters who wrote books. So I thought, like, well, I yeah. guess they are taking it directly from the books because they certainly do make themselves look out to be the good guy. 
guys in these things. <laughs> you know, um, I, I definitely noticed that, but yeah, it was it was it was a very interesting watch. The performances are great from yeah, like the two say, Michael Shannon and Taylor. Yeah, Gage. I was going to say the cast was amazing. So yeah, yeah, just fantastic, well acted. I think they did a really good job of capturing the you know the overall feel of what actually happened because again there's still a lot about that that nobody know like again and yeah. those fires you can go read open it and you're going to read a lot of different opinions on how those fires started and no one really knows and no one's probably ever going to know because that's just how it is right yeah. and so it's it's interesting to see I just took a very objective look at it all and yeah it's I really also, enjoyed it it's interesting to see how they're having a discussion about uh, the over-militarization of police forces in 1993, and I remember those conversations happening at the time. And it's you know it's it's nice to know that we're still having those same conversations now, and that everything's gotten worse instead of better. Because that way you don't have to ever try to fix anything in life, because nothing ever gets solved. Um, that's important. You know, if an issue as important as, as police militarization hasn't had any positive movement in this length of time, probably give up on everything. So that's reassuring. Hey, Fun. at least Janet fucking Reno's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you're, the current administration would handle the situation much better. No. No, that's true. <laughs> I'm, surprised you, I'm surprised you didn't put her corpse in charge of uh, cult activity or something yeah. it got I got thinking after that though like after I like Jesus Christ like police militarization is an argument we're having in 1993 and things just got and then I'm like oh yeah remember when they were going to shut down sweatshops in the 90s I don't think we did that either I don't think any problem that's ever been identified has ever been solved so that's good that's reassuring the world is just going to keep getting worse until we kill ourselves off we're trying something comfort there's something comforting in knowing that and then you can just not get all stressed about trying to solve problems you remember you remember that time we got all mad at mcdonald's for cutting down a whole bunch of rainforest in order to raise cows and then years and years later the entire rainforest is on fire and the american government's like nah fuck it it's fine well it's, it's only on, on fire because they're trying to clear space so they can put cows there oh wait that's the exact same problem. <laughs> you guys remember in 1959 when the oil industry knew about global warming and didn't bother to tell anyone until they still deny it, actually? That ain't real. Yeah. It is definitely not provable because, I mean, we've still been driving and flying nearly as much as we always have, and the environment totally cleared up, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. I I no joke. The other day, heard somebody make the argument of, "Do you know how hot it would have to be before something bursted into flames?" <laughs> no, no joke. The person said that out loud as defense against global warming. Well, I mean, they're technically they're right. It's true. It would have to be very very hot before things spontaneously combusted <laughs> uh, I was actually thinking uh, I was thinking about Trump's suggestion about injecting bleach 
latch directly into humans to try to kill the coronavirus. And I, it's been let's, going through let's my head be this fair, whole time. You said and, disinfectant. But okay. But my point is, you know what? Totally fucking work. Because you know why? The virus needs a human host to live in. <laughs> kill the person. Kill the virus. Problem solved. Problem solved. So you're saying That's he's not he's, he, he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. You just, you know, make sure you handle the body correctly once it's deceased. So because I believe it can be spread from a dead body to a living human, but you know, there are easy ways to avoid that. <laughs> Everybody still having a good time podcasting or Yeah, great time. You wanna hear about the movie I showed my kid that has an on screen suicide about a minute and a half into it? Yes, please. <laughs> Cause I showed my kid uh Justice League, the new frontier. Cause you guys suggested uh, yeah. it a few weeks ago and I had seen it once back when it was new in like oh seven or 08 or whatever I still had the DVD sitting here because I think I got it free somehow um, and so like it's like can I watch this one it has the flash in it he's never seen the flash in anything before I'm like sure let's put that in we're stuck at home a lot <laughs> and it's but it's literally I think it's a minute and a half in they're like here's the villain of the movie and now the guy telling you about the villain of the movie is going to shoot himself in the head and the blood's going to splatter all over the screen like oh you should probably turn this off but not not gonna <laughs> um, so I actually very much enjoyed the movie uh, even if it did traumatize my child <laughs> I I was shocked by the cast I'm like like David Boreanaz as Green Lantern, fucking Neil Patrick Harris as Flash. Uh, it's, it's Kyle MacLachlan that is Superman. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, This is an impressive cast for a time period when... Thank Keith, Keith David's the voice of the center, right? Yeah. Yes, he is. Or he's the somebody I can't remember who. So. But it's like, it's crazy. I'm just like... And, you know, you start to recognize the voices and then you instinct is now because it's... Because it's 2020 and you got a phone in your hand at all times, I'm just like instinctively, I'm like, who are all these voices? And I look them up and I'm like, God damn it. Like, even like minor characters are played by people I've heard of. But more important than that is that the storyline is just, it's pretty good. Like, it's kind of this, I like that it's set in like the 50s and it's sort of this new uh, group of heroes that are joining forces with sort of the super that have been ongoing. And uh, kind of trying to become like this, I guess, the new Justice League. And yeah, I, I mean, the there are some action sequences, especially towards the end. Sort of like I just personally, I can't get into cartoon action sequences. It's weird because there, there's zero stakes because everything is hand drawn. But uh, overall, I thought it was really good. You get kind of these neat. Uh, intro stories for Martian Manhunter and a couple other characters that, you know, I'm never going to sit down and watch a Martian Manhunter movie in my life, I assume. So it's kind of neat to get his story through this kind of ensemble piece. The, yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. I think it's probably more of an adult movie than it is a kid movie, or at least a, you know, maybe not an adult, but 
don't show it to a three-year-old is my advice. <laughs> See, I don't remember the suicide. There's, there's like, I need to rewatch it. There's, no, there's, there's, there's a suicide like a minute and a half in, and then the next scene is Al Jordan fighting in the Korean War, and his plane goes down, and he is like hand-to-hand combat with a Korean soldier who's trying to like cut him with a knife, and he ends up shooting the guy in the head. That's like your introduction to the movie. <laughs> there's so. just there's so much good stuff going on with that. They tie. They have all these individual. Uh, storylines that tie together so well yeah it, you know what i mean it's it's hard to make a movie with that many storylines and make it work well it's also fucking ballsy of them to take all these characters and have like your supermans your wonder womans and your batmans become your background characters and concentrate on these other guys which is it's just not something you would think you would think that by the time you know, you'd start with that storyline in the comics or whatever, but by the time it becomes a movie, all of a sudden Superman's lead character. But they don't do that at all. And there's even like a subtle story in the, going on in the background about why Batman brings in a sidekick and Robin just shows up and Batman goes, uh, go do your homework, and he leaves. And that's it. We don't get to spend much more time with them. We're just expected to know who those characters are and expected to understand the backstory leading up to these events with them. Even though you've got like... They're, dealing with sort of whatever DC's version of Civil War is, where some of them are playing along with government rules and Batman is technically a wanted criminal and stuff like this. But we're not... They don't get into that. You're just kind of... You're supposed to just understand that, which is interesting for a cartoon kids movie. Yeah, and the fact that they don't they don't spoon-feed you all of the, uh, the side characters who aren't major parts of the plot. No, you, even myself, there's a few characters who show up, and I'm like, I don't know who that is, but it looks like they're on the good guy team, I guess. Well, they basically do this thing in it where they're like, there's one of three situations. Either you don't care who this is, you know who this is, or you would like to know who this is, in which it's not that hard to find out. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you can you could probably just Google anything and find the answers, but... I remember yeah. Adam Strange kind of shows up there at the end and isn't very explained. This is one of my favorite Batman moments in it when uh, he runs into Martian Manhunter for the first time. And he's still not sure kind of what's going on with him. And basically before he leaves, he just kind of threatens him. And he's like, he's like, look, don't get in my way. I need a, a rock to to be able to hurt the one in Metropolis. For, all, for you, all I need is a book of matches. And then just hops out the window. I'm just like, shit. Yeah. He actually says it's the line because it's a release, something like it's, I need like a $70,000 rock for the one in Metropolis, and I have it. For you, all I need is a five-cent book of matches or something oh, like okay, that. Yeah. It's like, it's, um, it's amazing because he's just like right in his face. He's like, I will kill you. Like, you seem a nice guy, but in case I'm wrong right now, first impressions aren't always correct. And if I'm incorrect, I will murder you just so you know. Um, so this is actually based on a, uh, two part, like graphic novel by yeah. Darwin cook and, uh, his art style completely fits the story even better. Oh, really? Like they do somewhat of a good job in the, in the movie. But I mean, just the actual artwork is fantastic. I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, 
I, I actually contemplated reading the uh, graphic novel. I would I recommend. They have it, a, just, a lot more yeah. sort of stuff, obviously. They couldn't fit into the movie. Yeah. So. Well, uh, yeah. It, it is it is arguably it is in contention in my view of being uh, probably the best DC animated movie ever made. Okay, yeah, and it's it's because like I say I saw it a long time ago, but I just don't I don't, I don't know why I didn't think much of it at that point, and then watching it now I'm like yeah it's really good. Then I watched it two more times because that's what happens when you have a kid. So <laughs> of course. That's how life goes. Um, and yeah, the only other thing I, I finally introduced my kid to Star Wars and watched we watched A New Hope, which oh, was super yeah. fun. Even though we had to watch it in like increments because it's two hours and four minutes long and dealing with a three year old. But that was the other one too, where it's like the opening scenes are just tons of people getting shot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. I was I was going to say, how do you feel about that dude getting his hand chopped off in the bar? He didn't mind that. The people getting shot, he thinks that they're falling asleep, not dying, and I just haven't chosen to correct that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go back to daycare eventually, and if he's telling all the other kids about all the people he saw die on screen, then I might get a phone call. But if they all went to sleep, then I should be fine, right? But the guy about, getting his arm uh, chopped off didn't bother him, at least. What about Uncle Owen and uh, Aunt whatever her name is, getting burned. I don't think he understood that part. I'm like, somebody heard his aunt and uncle, so now he's going to go with Obi-Wan. And he's like, okay, like, whatever. <laughs> they're gonna, are they going to go back in the speeder? Like, that's all he asked. <laughs> all right. Hmm. The only downside was the, uh, I did watch the special edition, and uh, he really liked the inserted Java scene. I'm like, don't like that no. scene. That scene's terrible. Why do you like that? I was annoyed with him for liking it. <laughs> Doug just looks. Then we watched the first like, part of uh, no Jedi son. <laughs> we did watch the first part of Jedi too, just because he's like, I want to see more Jabba. And I'm like, well, he's not in any of these. Like, fucking skip a move, couple of movies ahead, because. So you got to see his namesake, uh, Lando Calrissian, yet? Uh, just briefly in the beginning of. <laughs> Of uh, Jedi. Jedi. He doesn't know who he is, so... He hasn't... I, I haven't quite decided whether he's ready for Empire. That's a <laughs> bit of a dark movie for a three-year-old child. Like, I'm not sure how he's going to feel about watching the hero's hand get chopped off. <laughs> so... Does he already know that Darth Vader is Luke's dad, or... Does he comprehend that yet? I don't think he comprehends it yet. It's... We've read some of the books like there's these you know like golden books you know what those are yeah or do you remember them from when you were from childhood they have star wars golden books where the stories of the each movie is a book mm. and i have read them to him and i'm like i've tried to explain it to him but he doesn't quite get it so hmm. i don't think it has sunk in i was just curious if it was going to be like a shock when it happens yeah i don't know because i don't like, I think it's, I don't think it's possible for that to still shock people, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, by the time he's old enough for the shock to work, it's impossible that he won't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend that had never seen any of the Star Wars movies before. Mm-hmm. And then we watched them all. 
when they got to that scene, she just said, hey, they did that in Toy Story 2. And I had to be like, ah, oh, damn it. That's why we're not together anymore. That explains it. They did that in Toy Story 2. Like, she thinks this came out after Toy Story 2. Is that <laughs> the implication? No, but she just... Yeah. Like, we have to break up. You obviously don't understand yeah. the importance of You just of pause Empire. the movie and just be like, I'm going to watch the end of this when you leave. That's... And, and never come back. You should just uh, get your shit and get out. It's... Yeah, I don't know how I'd react to something like that. <laughs> like, I'd certainly, I think I'd enjoy it if watching it with somebody who didn't know and watching the shock. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm upset about your ex girlfriend <laughs> saying that. It's all right. Uh, did you watch anything else? Uh, no, that's it for me. All right. Well. I guess we'll just start off. Uh, so Amanda loves the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. I had not watched the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm like, well, time to watch the movie. Uh, we watched the movie, and I hadn't watched it in a while. And I definitely hadn't watched it since the TV show had started. So we watched it, and I was just in amazement of how... Like Noah said, they nailed the tone of the movie in the show. Like, it's, like, seamless. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, these do exist in the same universe. Like, that's, that's not a surprise whatsoever. So, watch that. It's fucking hilarious. If anything, I'm just sad they haven't done the werewolf movie yet. I I do not understand why that has not happened. (laughs) Maybe it's because Taika Waititi got uh, Ragnarok, but... Well, it's because they got busy. Like, I read an interview because I was kind of looking up, like, what the status was. And he basically said, yeah, it's it's one of those movies, like, oh, we're going to do that someday. And then you realize, like, ten years has passed. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, yeah, we're still going to do that someday. But, like, I'm busy. Uh, what, what the fuck's his name? Uh, the guy from Flight of the Concords, he's busy doing something. Jermaine. Jermaine Clemente or something. Clement. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, the movie's so good. If you've never seen what we do in the shadows, uh, you should totally watch it because it's fucking hysterical and is just amazing. I forgot the about. The dumb the dumb little joke about uh, Jermaine's character not being able to get the faces right whenever he transfers <laughs> transforms into animals. And then like half, halfway through the movie, there's that scene of them running through the house and you just briefly see him in cat form. It's just <laughs> the funniest fucking thing that may have ever happened in a movie. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> Well, and I just love that they use that to explain, like, the weird, weird, like, drawings that we've seen throughout history of just, like, weird creatures with, like, a human face. And basically it just comes down to, oh, yeah, that's, that's him. Yeah. That's you just never get the face right. Germain. It's like, no, the artist wasn't being, wasn't being, like, interpretive. It's just... No, he was drawing from memory. He could never, never get the face right. And that yeah. is when I fucked 
the beast. <laughs> don't, don't call me the beast, asshole. Well, you don't call me an asshole. I <laughs> uh, completely forgot about Peter, the uh, Salem's Lot style vampire. Uh, all that stuff was really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. I love Taika Waititi so much. That he, every time he's on screen, like, I'm just like, this is, like, fucking brilliant. Some of the most mundane shit in the movie is what's so fucking funny. So good. They're making, like, the chore wheel and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They they just fucking, between Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine, those two dudes understand funny so well uh i read they filmed like 120 hours to make this movie and then spent an hour or uh, not an hour spent a year trying to edit it down to an hour and a half i just want to see they could have just made like another they could have made a sequel out of all the stuff they didn't use right i wish there had been more peter mm-hmm. <laughs> just every time that character pops on screen it's so awesome so then apparently there's a spinoff called wellington paranormal which i have not seen yeah it's a uh, tv show in austria in new zealand or australia or somewhere yeah yeah and it follows the two cops from the movie like doing running into weird shit yeah but i haven't seen it streaming anywhere it's not i looked it up and it's basically non-existent here in the states so i need to find a work around to get to watch it and if they do the fucking werewolf movie it would be great Can you imagine that that movie would have three different spinoffs you'd have the US TV show fucking werewolf movie and then the Wellington Paranorms <sighs> yeah so what we do in the shadows watch that watch the TV show it's so fantastic did you enjoy uh, Haley Joe Osment's character from the first episode <laughs> yes uh, I bet he had like is the he, best time. Is in the he world. scatting right now? <laughs> <laughs> I bet he had the best time. They're just like, yeah, just run around and be crazy. All right, I can do that. <sighs> Let's see. The other thing I watched, uh, I watched Underwater, um, which the only disappointment with that movie was that I rented it instead of buying it. So now I'm debating. <laughs> If I need to buy it for $15 when I already spent like $6 to rent it. Uh, because it was pretty awesome. And I'm really bummed that nobody went to see it in the theater. And that includes myself. Like I wanted to go see it and just didn't get around to it. And then the world went to shit. So didn't have a chance. I was even planning on going to see it one weekend. And then I decided to do something else. And then everything went to shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I am disappointed it did not do very well because uh, the good thing about it is the movie just starts like there's just no like, well, we got to get like 20 minutes in so we could learn about all the characters or whatever. It's like, no, movie opens up. Kristen Stewart, who actually is not terrible in this movie, is uh, brushing her teeth and it's about like an underground drilling company or whatever underwater drilling company and they're like way below the surface of the ocean like a 
uh, fuck would you call it? Just like a substation on the ocean floor. And she's brushing her teeth. And then all of a sudden, like the fucking station starts rocking and water starts coming in from the ceiling. So then it's her and another guy like scrambling to get to a section of the substation so they don't drown. And shit goes crazy from there. So, I mean, literally the first couple minutes, you're like right into it. Then they, uh, so is it, is it pretty much deep star six? Cause that's what the trailer looks like. Um, well, I've never seen deep star six, so I don't know, but somebody, uh, that I trust has mentioned that this movie delivers what the poster for deep star six promised. And we didn't get in the movie. So take that for what, for whatever. Badass crab monsters? Not crab monsters. Um, I don't know. I just want you to experience it, but I will say everything is very Lovecraftian. And it's done that way on purpose. So, so uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thought it was good. So, high recommend. I want to buy it. Because there is a bunch of special features. But I've rented it. And it's like, well, son of a bitch. You just have known. to wait till next time you want to watch it. Next yeah, time you right? want to watch it, you buy it. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. So, definite mm-hmm. recommend for me. Uh, and then the last thing I watched uh, the other day was apparently the uh, was the fog day. It was the April twenty first, which apparently is in the movie is the date. The boat full of lepers ran aground and everybody drowned. So everybody was posting on Facebook about it. So I was like, you know what? I haven't watched The Fog in a while. Time to put that on. And uh, yeah, was not uh, disappointed. You guys watched it in a while? It's been a while for me, but I assume it's still good. I watched, I watched it a year or two ago. It's I'm not a huge ghost movie person. <clears throat> and I think it's probably one of the better ghost movies. Uh, only bad thing I'll say about this movie: Tom Atkins doesn't have a mustache. It's the only disappointment. Ghosts can't be that tough. <laughs> you he'd have brought the full mustache game if he had the ghosts were tougher, right? Yeah. So it was just it was a lot of fun uh, watching that again. I haven't watched it in a while. And then the other weird thing happened: I was playing Fallout seventy six. I hadn't played for a while, and they just added a shit ton more stuff to the uh, to the game. And there's a character on there that the whole time I'm like, voice sounds really familiar, but I don't know, I don't know who it is. And there's a lot more of the character in the new stuff they added. And I was sitting there playing, and I'm just like, this character sounds just like Adrian Barbo. So I pull out IMDb and I look. It's totally Adrian Barbeau. Like, that's fantastic. Nice. I had no idea that it was her doing the voiceover this whole time. So, yeah. That just made me excited. Apparently Ron Perlman's in it, too, but I don't, I don't remember who he played. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, next week, um, I was listening to another podcast. They were talking about the movie Judgment Night. That made me really want to watch the movie Judgment Night. This is where we're headed. So, we're going to be watching a movie called Judgment Day and a movie called Judgment Night. It's 
it's one of the more ridiculous themes on our entire list. <laughs> hey, those titles sound like they kind of go together, do they? Do the stories? I don't know. Uh, look, I'm really just in it to watch Emilio go up against Dennis Leary. So that's where my Emilio. that's where my goal is for this one who Noah claims is the lesser Estevez. <laughs> He's most he's most certainly the lesser rest of us. Have to figure out where where to find these movies. That's going to be my concern for next week. Let's do it live on the air. www.lesserestepes.com. How dare you! It's hard to search for Judgment Day because you just get T two popping up everywhere. <laughs> what year did this movie come out in? I don't even remember. Why did we even put Judgment Day on here? And which one is it? It like there's a couple. <laughs> there's one from 88. And one from I do 98. believe that one was you, Brian. You put that movie on the list. I'm sure I did, but I don't remember why. Now, it has to be this because one from the 98. other movies named Judgment Night. <laughs> I think that's the only reason why. It has to be this another one. It has to be the one from 98 sure. because Ice-T and Mario Van Peebles is in it. So it does seem like something you would pick. I mean, is that, <laughs> is that what we're officially Peebles? going with? Yeah, it is. Is it? Oh, yeah. Direct to video 1999 movie starring Mary, Mary Evan Peebles. And that's what you're like. Well, we couldn't do one of the other ones. The other ones would all be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, this sci-fi thriller finds the world in imminent danger when a collision in outer space sends huge pieces of interstellar debris on a path headed straight for Earth. Scientists that designed a system that would stop the largest meteor fragments from striking the Earth, but a fanatical religious cult have made it their business to stop them. A convicted murderer, Ice-T, with ties to the group, must now join with the FBI agent to free the scientists from the cult's clutches and prevent millions of needless deaths. I mean, come on. How can we not watch that movie? It's got iced tea in it, you say. Yeah. <sighs> and it uh, looks like it's streaming on Hulu here in the States and is for rent just about everywhere. Right. A Judgment Night, my, on the other hand. I, of course, own this one physically because it's an amazing movie. Yeah. Well, and it ties right in plot-wise. Well, well, totally. I mean, the plot is basically the, the same movie. With the Winnebago and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. All right. It's for red just about everywhere, and looks like it says it's playing for free on Voodoo. You don't have Voodoo, though, do you? No. If I have time, I might have to watch the uh, 1988 Judgment Day, too. Just based yeah. on the box art, I kind of want to see it. Right? Two travelers stop all village named Santana. Unbeknownst to them. Santana is a village where once a year Satan comes to Earth to claim souls. <laughs> and they just happen to enter the village on that day. Is Ice-T in it, though? Uh, no, it looks very Italian. Ooh, Cesar Romero's in it, though. Maybe there's going to be two Judgment Days and a Judgment Day. We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find this Judgment Day that you're making us watch. <laughs> Difficult here again. Hopefully, it's on YouTube. Uh, this this one from '88. 
pretty much is not streaming anywhere, so we have to do a deep dive. No. Oh well. All right. I'm glad we got into all that detail while we're still recording. Yeah, it's good I stuff. Have, I would not have wanted to say anything entertaining during that time. Well, of course not. Let's see, is this? Uh... Oh fuck. So if you go to this women in prisons site. There's another movie called Judgment Day, but it looks like it's, <laughs> looks like it's a porno, so never mind. Looks like I'm watching three Judgment Days. <laughs> I was like, oh, this one's from 1976. What's it about? And I'm like, oh, there's the screenshots. It's straight up porn. Interesting. Well, Noah, you can review the third one if you want. I'm sure that'd be interesting for Doug to listen to. Do you want to listen to Noah review porn? No. No, I don't. <laughs> Why would you ask that question? And that's when they brought out the cock. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.